Friday, July the 24th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, American unemployment rises and South Korea falls into recession. First, the world in brief. The recovery of America's labour market appeared to stall amid a sharp rise in new COVID-19 infections and consequent restrictions in recent weeks. Last week, the number of fresh unemployment claims rose for the first time since March in seasonally adjusted terms, from 1.3 million to 1.4 million. Without seasonal adjustment, new claims fell by 9%. As the number of COVID-19 cases in America surpassed 4 million, President Donald Trump cancelled the Republican Party convention in Jacksonville, Florida. Some events are scheduled to take place in Charlotte, North Carolina, the original venue, but most will move online. So the Republicans' convention will now resemble the Democrats, which party officials had announced in June would be mostly virtual. China ordered the American consulate in Chengdu, the booming capital of Sichuan province, to be shut down in retaliation for the closure of its consulate in Houston. The Americans might have preferred to lose their mission in Wuhan, nominally Houston's sister. By closing diplomatic missions, the two sides are escalating a tit-for-tat exchange that began with tariffs and visa restrictions. A group of American investors are discussing with regulators plans to buy TikTok from its Chinese owner, ByteDance. The popular video app Standing has fallen in many countries over discomfort about its parent company's relationship with the Chinese state. Investors from Gemel Atlantic and Sequoia Capital, two venture capital firms, hope that firewalling TikTok from ByteDance would allay that anxiety. South Korea fell into a recession in the second quarter, with GDP falling by 2.9% year-on-year, worse than expected as COVID-19 battered Asia's fourth-largest economy. Exports, accounting for nearly 40% of the country's economy, fell by their worst level quarter-on-quarter since 1963. Still, South Korea's finance minister said he hoped for a China-style rebound. Bolivia postponed its presidential election for a second time, pinning blame on the pandemic. The unelected President Yanin Añez, who seized office last November when Evo Morales, the previous president, fled the country, will stay until at least December, when a new government is supposed to take office. The opposition accuses Ms. Añez of exploiting the pandemic to retain power. And Alexander Lukashenko, the president of Belarus, often referred to as Europe's last dictator, warned that Western journalists could be expelled from the country before elections next month. He accused the BBC and Radio Free Europe of causing riots with tendentious reporting. More likely causes include Mr Lukashenko's inept handling of COVID-19, economic stagnation and 26 years of political repression. And now, here's today's agenda. Teetering. Evictions in America. In March, Congress gave relief to renters in federally subsidised housing and properties with federally backed mortgages, sparing them eviction. That ends today. Landlords may initiate evictions tomorrow and turn out tenants on August 24th. Over 12 million rental units, about one in four in America, were covered. States and cities passed their own protections, but they too are set to expire shortly where they haven't already, along with top-ups to federal jobless benefits. Nearly one-third of renters think they will miss their next payment, Millions may be dislodged in the coming months. In Milwaukee, evictions in early June were up 44% compared to the same period a year ago. Congressional Democrats want $100 billion for rental assistance in the next stimulus. The Republicans are loath to accept that amount. A crisis looms. Many of those evicted will go to already overburdened homeless shelters, a dismal prospect when the best defence against COVID-19 is still social distancing. (laughs) 
Lockdown lol. Earth's vibrations. The pandemic-driven lockdowns around the world caused a large drop in pollution is now well known. But confinement also muted the vibrations created by humans moving about their daily lives on the Earth's surface. In a paper published yesterday in Science, a team of geologists found that lockdowns caused human-linked vibrations to drop by as much as 50% between March and May. Collected from 268 seismic stations on every continent, the data reveal noise reductions at 185 sites, from the border between Namibia and Angola to Manhattan. Dubbed an anthropause, the lull proceeded as a wave beginning in China in January before sweeping across the rest of the world in March and April. Even in a borehole 380 metres beneath Auckland, vibrations decreased by a factor of two. By providing a baseline, researchers hope the anthropause will help geologists differentiate between human noise in seismic recordings and signals that could warn of impending earthquakes. Undercover Masks in England Having belatedly recommended that people wear masks, the British government is now belatedly enforcing its recommendations. From Friday, people are required to wear face coverings when entering shops in England. Those who do not will be subject to a £100, $130 fine. The government yesterday confirmed that the rule also applied to takeaway joints, such as KFC or Pret-a-Manger, after contradictory answers from ministers on the topic. Despite the best efforts of a minority of politicians and columnists to import an American-style culture war, with one labelling the move mask Nazism, the public are broadly supportive of the decision. According to a poll by Opinium, a market research company, 71% of people in Britain support making masks mandatory in shops, with only 13% opposing it. That is a little surprising. Britons are among the least likely in the rich world to actually wear a mask as they go about their daily business. Faith Accompli Hagia Sophia Remosked Recep Tayyip Erdogan, Turkey's president, has long toyed with the idea of opening Istanbul's Hagia Sophia to Islamic worship. Built as a church by the Byzantines in the 6th century, it was turned into a mosque by the Ottomans in the 15th. Then, in the 20th, modern Turkey's secular founders transformed it into a museum. Mr Erdogan got his way earlier this month, when Turkey's top administrative court allowed the shrine's reconversion into a mosque, prompting an outcry from European, American and Russian officials, as well as the Vatican and Orthodox Church leaders. The building will officially open for Friday prayers later today. Visitors will find the marble floor fitted with a turquoise carpet and mosaics of Christian saints covered by curtains, in accordance with an Islamic injunction against figurative art. Mr Erdogan has invited scores of heads of states to attend today's ceremony. Do not expect too many of them to show up. Dark Arts Balkan Crime Their business model is unbeatable, according to a new report on crime gangs from the Western Balkans. Published today by the Global Initiative Against Transnational Organised Crime, an NGO, the report finds that the old-timers who emerged from the violent breakup of Yugoslavia are dead, jailed or retired. Now a tech-savvy second generation has been promoted to the world's Premier League of Crime. Contrary to misperceptions, there is no unified Balkan cartel or Albanian mafia, rather a plethora of smaller groups. They buy from Latin American drug producers and use networks of Balkan sailors to import their narcotics through EU ports. Their compatriots are employed as street-level distributors. Some business is now run entirely outside the Balkans. Even so, the gangs saddle their home countries with bad reputations with harmful consequences. Kosovars still need visas for the Schengen zone and countries like the Netherlands used organised crime as an argument to slow Balkan countries' EU accession.
Finally, here's the quote of the day from Alexandre Dumas, who was born on this day in 1802. All human wisdom is summed up in two words, wait and hope. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.